The story takes place about two weeks ago, but I'll start back to a year ago when I joined Reddit to give a little background. I created a Reddit about a year ago and was new to the whole scene. Due to this, I didn't think anything about including my first name in my username. Now, more of a veteran on Reddit, I realized this was a mistake. I never made a new Reddit because I already was so deep on here that starting over sounded miserable until this event. About two weeks ago, I woke up to a new chat request on Reddit. I clicked on it, wondering who was trying to message me since I had not posted in a few days. Upon clicking on it, I read a message saying, Are you John Smith, who was a clerical staffer at Chase Bank in Seattle? Name city, position, and company changed for discretion. My heart sank as I read it because they had gotten my full name and city correct. Thankfully, they had found someone else within the city that had a different career than I did, and they did not actually find me. But I wondered what would happen if they really did. Surely they could find my address online with just a few clicks on their phone. I'm not sure how they figured out my city or my last name, but it was enough for me to start a new Reddit. Not exactly the scariest, but just enough to make me watch my back extra carefully. I'm a 23-year-old female, and this happened to me when I was in secondary school, probably around 15 or 16. One of my friends said she had a friend who had seen my pictures and wanted to speak to me. I said okay. Being an insecure mid-teen female, any attention was welcome in my mind. We started talking on Twitter, and we got on pretty well. I asked if he had a Facebook, and they said no because some security issue within the family. I didn't think anything of it, and carried on chatting with him. He said he had multiple siblings, around 5 or 6 if I remember correctly, and his brother was chatting away to a couple of my friends. We were all quite excited as they were new people, and not just the regular guys at school. I would stay over at my friend's house, and he would send us voice notes which I later found out were from YouTube clips from some random guy's channel. There was another time that my friend and I were in a local town together with one of the girls that his brother was speaking to, and they were messaging saying that they could see us. We didn't see them, obviously, and after that, we started to talk about how weird it all was. Where did they come from? She never mentioned them before they sent the photos. It was just all very odd. We told other girls who were speaking to them, and they agreed how weird it was. We started to ignore the messages and carry on with our lives. After a couple weeks, my friend, who had introduced us, started acting really upset and worried. She said their whole family had been in a car accident, and a pretty bad one. Obviously, we were a bit worried and believed her because of how distraught she was. She even took time out of class, and I would go to comfort her. While I was with her, I was messaging the guy to try to get details since she wasn't giving us any. She was on her phone next to me, frantically texting, and as soon as she was done with her message, I would get a ping on my phone, and again, and again. It finally clicked in my head, but I couldn't believe it. I told my other friends, and they were all as shocked as me, but none of us have spoken to her in years. Our supposed friend catfished a number of us, flirting with us, making us feel special. She came up with elaborate stories as to why they didn't have any other socials, how she knew them, and how they almost died to try to get out of her lies. We all kind of forgot about it, 
but I think about it sometimes and it seriously gives me the creeps. I just can't think of an explanation for it. It's so weird to me. And to catfish your friends? That's just so fucked up. So I was selling a dress on Facebook that I no longer planned to wear. A man answered. According to his profile, he was about 35 to 40 years old. He asked me about the size and said that he wanted to buy it for his wife for her birthday. Everything seemed normal. I gave him my address to come pick up the dress. When he appeared at my front door, he pushes me inside and closes the door behind him. I thought, what the hell? Is he going to rob me? But he was planning something worse. You're more beautiful than in the picture. My blood immediately froze. I started screaming, panicking, threatening him to leave immediately or I'd call the police. And I was so lucky that my neighbor next to me was on the terrace and heard everything and immediately came to my rescue. The guy quickly ran away and later I got a message to apologize because he thought I was a whore. I didn't believe his apology, but since then I've never sold anything on the internet, let alone sent someone my address. My brother and his wife sell a lot of stuff on Facebook and she's the one that handles most of the transactions. This one time they sold some furniture and set up a pickup point for the buyer because they didn't want to give up their home address to a complete stranger. I helped my brother load up his truck and rode with him to make the delivery in the parking lot. So obviously the buyer thought that my brother's wife would be the one to do it alone. He kept saying that he would be there anytime and asked several times which vehicle she was driving. Then after a while, no cars were entering the parking lot and he said he had just arrived. We started driving around the small parking lot and spotted this old car with tinted windows on the far end and there was someone inside. That car had already been there when we arrived. We kept driving and the car immediately drove away like it was being chased. After that, the buyer stopped responding. He obviously thought a woman would be delivering it by herself. If you sell or buy anything on Facebook, never give your home address and never make a delivery by yourself. Only God knows what would have happened if she would have made that delivery all by herself. The following took place just after I turned 18. I work at a mall, so I encounter plenty of people every day. This particular encounter took place four years ago. I opened the store and began my daily tasks, such as reading and responding to emails and changing the signs to match the deals that were going on that day. It was a quick shift because it was only a part-time job. I clocked in and four hours later I clocked out and went to my college classes. Nothing particularly strange happened that day that stood out to me. Just the usual helping customers find items that they're looking for and ringing them up. It wasn't until a few days later when I was sitting at a restaurant with my boyfriend and my phone was buzzing like crazy. The girls in my work group chat were going nuts over a screenshot of a man's post on Craigslist. When I opened the image, the man was describing his encounter with me in the store in the misconnections on Craigslist. Apparently, I had helped him find items for his daughter, rung him up, and he left without any crazy alarms going off in my head. As I sat in the restaurant with my boyfriend, thinking back to my shift a few days prior, I thought back to a couple of the men that it could have been that day. For the next couple weeks, I watched my back at work. 
I made sure I carefully examined each person, especially men. This was my first job and because I was 18, I didn't have a lot of experience with people constantly checking me out on the innocent end of the spectrum or stalking me on the more extreme end. This whole experience still has me looking over my shoulder, not for that same man, but for any other person that may slip under my radar and go unnoticed as a total creep. I no longer wear a name badge and my coworkers know not to give up my schedule. Just kinda makes you think. So this happened about eight years ago when I was 17. We're from the Bronx and everyone knew who we were on my block. I was the one raising my brothers so I would take them everywhere I went, but we would spend the summer days at the zoo or different parks in New York City. One particular summer day I had taken them to the park not too far from home and we headed back right before the sunset. As we crossed the street and approached somewhat of an isolated street, I noticed a black fan up ahead. Being from New York City you learn not to react to strange things. But I was still keeping an eye on the van because it was parked right in front of a fire hydrant and didn't have a license plate. I had my then two-year-old brother carried on my right side of my hip, told my seven-year-old brother to get on the right side of me, putting him between myself and the building, and kept walking as fast as I could without raising suspicion. As we were about five feet away from the van, a man steps out from the driver's side and is headed towards the back of the van but another opens the passenger door but doesn't come out. At this point, the man is approaching us and making an uncomfortable amount of eye contact with me. Something in me decided to point out a window of a house behind him and say loudly as if I was speaking to my brothers, look, it's not even curfew yet and mama's already looking out the window for us. The man stops right in his tracks and looks where I pointed and then looks at us one more time, then ran back into the van they started it but didn't move, so I grabbed my brother's hand and crossed the street and knocked on the door of my supposed home and prayed that someone would answer. I knocked again and after 15 seconds of sweating bullets, a woman answered the door and I explained to her in a quick whisper that I believed that the men in the van behind us were trying to abduct us and that we needed her to pretend to be our mom. She paused for a second and then smiled and let us in and locked the door behind us she asked if we were okay and if we needed to call the police. I said that if they weren't gone in the next 10 minutes, then yes. When she looked outside about 7 minutes later, the fan was gone. After that, I had called the son of the shop owner near the building and asked him to meet us and walk us home, and he did. Thank God that woman was home. She told me that she had left work early that day because of a bad migraine. Whatever was at work, I'm grateful for it. This happened about three years ago. It was mid-June around 9.50pm and twilight was fading into the night. It was hot as fuck and I decided to take my then two-year-old son on a short walk around the block to cool off. We were only a half a block away from the house when this 1980s Oldsmobile slowly crept up behind us and slowed down to match our pace. My two-year-old was in the stroller. I stopped and the car stopped. I could see that there were four large men inside, all wearing the same black hoodies. Then two men exited the car at the same time. One of them went to the house in front of me and stopped at the door. 
and I looked at the house behind me and stood at the house door like they were going to knock the car with the other two men remaining inside to my left, essentially surrounding us. I noticed that neither of the men were knocking on the door. They were just standing in front of it, both staring at me. I was freaked out and decided to walk as confidently as possible past the men in front of me and quickly turned down the corner that was the closest way to get home. I had a feeling of dread in the pit of my stomach, so I decided to walk into the neighbor's darkened yard and hide. As I did, I saw the car with the four men driving down the road very slowly. I waited and about three minutes later they drove past again very slowly. I decided to run after they turned down the street again. I told myself, you have three minutes. So I ran as fast as I could and hid in another neighbor's yard. When once again the car drove past slowly, now with someone in the passenger seat using a flashlight seemingly searching for us. Once they drove past again, I ran as fast as I could, making it into the garage, just in time to see the car drive slowly past with a flashlight again. I put my son inside and watched, and they drove past two more times. I don't walk at night if I can avoid it, and never with my son. I also carry a 38 revolver and sharp knives. I sincerely believe that they were trying to snatch us, but luckily, we got away because I listened to my gut. Please be safe and always trust your intuition. Several years ago when I was 25, I lived with, at the time, one of my best friends. Our relationship eventually started to dwindle, as it usually goes when you move in with a good friend. So she was rarely home. This night, however, she ended up staying at our place, heading to bed early. I was a server at the time, so I stayed up pretty late usually, watching YouTube and smoking pot. This night was no different than any other, except for the fact that my neighbor tried to kidnap me. I'll go ahead and give you some background info on my house and my neighbors. We lived in a three bedroom house with two of the bedrooms and the kitchen facing our crazy neighbors. They were a young couple living in a smaller mill house. They were constantly coming to our door asking for handouts. Now, normally I would be happy to help a neighbor out, but they would come over and ask for crazy shit like for us to fill up an old Mountain Dew bottle with water because theirs got shot off, beer, and once they literally asked me for a dollar. They would constantly be knocking on our door asking for help when we wouldn't answer. I'd peek through the window to see them either jacking a cigarette butt from our ashtray were pressing their eyeballs against the door peephole to see if they could spot us. Anyway, there I was smoking weed and watching YouTube on the couch when I heard a knock on the door. I rolled my eyes because I knew exactly who came a-knocking. It's 11pm. I checked the peephole and sure enough the boyfriend was on my porch. Normally I would just walk away and continue with my life, but he looked like he was in distress. I opened the door to see what was up. Uh, I just wanted to come over to see if you would film my engagement. I got my girlfriend a ring here in my pocket and I need you to follow me into my backyard and film it for me. Baffled but curious, I told him congrats and said that I'd be out in a second, just needed to put shoes on. I shut the door behind me and locked it, quickly ran into the back room and looked out into the backyard. I peeked through the blinds to see the setup. Nothing. 
pitch black darkness, no signs of decorations or anything like that. Naturally, I woke up my roommate and told her what was going on. Uh, yeah, fuck that. She said to me, and we both walked back up to the door after the boyfriend started banging on the door. I couldn't see anything and was confused all the way up until he pulled his eyeball away from the peephole. I quickly turned around and put my back against the door. My roommate came running back to the door from her room, manning two wire hangers for protection. We both clung onto the hangers and sat up against the door until he finally left. We were so freaked out but wanted to make sure we weren't overreacting. We went out our back door and hopped into the car so we could do a drive-by. They always had their front door open and also didn't have any blinds so it was easy to see in the house. Slowly, we crept her in the car and peered into the living room. Sitting on the couch, all staring at the wall, looking strung out, was a couple and an older man. We sped off and ended up staying at a friend's house that night. I never answered the door for either of them again. One day I came home from work and an older lady was parked in their driveway. She walked up to me as I got out of my car and asked if I knew where the neighbors were. I told her I hadn't seen them in a while and she informed me that she was the owner. She told me that they were months late on the rent and that she finally came to evict them. She entered the home to find it completely trashed, needles and garbage everywhere, holes in the wall, and literal shit on the floor. I told her that I was sorry that she had to deal with all of that, but I was happy that they were finally gone. I'm not 100% sure what was going on that night, but I'm glad I didn't follow him to the backyard. In February 2012, I went to visit my grandfather's grave for his birthday. His death was really hard for me to deal with, as he had died in March of 2011, and it was still very fresh to me. I was kneeling in front of his grave, with my head down, mourning and crying, when my body went into full dangerous close mode. I looked up to see a man running full sprint from the woods surrounding the cemetery. I forced myself to get to my truck as quickly as possible without the man getting close to me. By the time I made it to the truck, he had gotten about 50 feet from me. I jumped in and locked the door. Much to his apparent displeasure, he threw his hands up in a huff like his favorite team had just lost a football game. I started the truck and drove out as fast as I could, but not before driving right past him. I didn't break eye contact for a second, and neither did he, so I got a really good look at his face. Cut to a few years later, I'm bored at work and decided to download an app that had a ton of paranormal, cryptid, serial killer, and UFO articles. As I was browsing through the serial killer, I came across one that made my heart drop into my ass. Israel Keys, most known for murdering an underage girl in Alaska, dismembering her body, and dropping the pieces into a frozen lake. He would bury kill kits in places long before he ever committed the crimes. After the incident in Alaska, he had traveled into Texas for a wedding in a city not too far from where I lived and had disappeared for a bit and no one in his family knew where he was. He was arrested in that city and brought to the prison one city over from me before he was brought back to Alaska to stand trial. About a year ago, I found a book about him that provided a lot of details I had given here. He had been killing for years, and no one knows what the actual death toll was. He eventually killed himself in prison. 
At the end of the book about him, he describes some of his favorite places to abduct people, public parks, and cemeteries. I often wonder if there's a kill kit buried in those woods. You were fast, Israel, but I was faster, and I'm glad we didn't officially meet. When I was about 9 or 10, I went with my dad and my siblings to Goodwill after church service. I can't remember why we went there to be honest, since my dad doesn't really like shopping. Anyway, we went straight to the appliance section and we're just standing there for a while while my dad was looking at a couple mason jars. I remember my brother and sister messing around a little bit away to the left of him. I looked around behind me and saw a broken toy violin across the store in the electronic section. I was extremely intrigued by it for some reason, despite not having a significant interest in music at the time. I for some reason didn't ask my dad and just sped across the store to check it out. After walking past a couple rows, I approached the violin and started pushing the colored buttons, indicating the different strings. For like 5 minutes, I just stood there pressing the buttons even though no sound came out. I suddenly felt someone standing so close to me that I could feel the heat coming from behind me. Before I turned, I heard a man say, Hey, that's a pretty cool violin. I wasn't as panicked as I should have been and literally just turned my head to the side and saw this greasy guy with a beer belly and an extremely long blonde ponytail touching his waist, wearing a baseball cap, stained wife beater, and cargo shorts. I just kind of stared at him like, Oh, haha, <laughs> yeah. He picked it up and was like, Dang, how much do you think you can get for this? It looks pretty expensive. As I just stood there, uh, I don't know, it's plastic. He then said, that was nice playing, you could become a pro one day. Then he was just staring at me like, for way too long. I started to get a weird feeling, but thankfully my sister came up behind me and yanked me back and legit said, get away from him, he's a pedo. And dragged me back to where my dad and brother were. The guy quickly put his violin down and started walking across to the entrance. I remember my sister continued scolding me and for some reason I kept saying, Stop, I'm talking to him. What the heck? I'm pretty sure I know what stranger danger is. What was kind of strange though is that my dad was still looking at the same jars in the same spot the entire time. I think at least 15 minutes had passed. My sister told him that I was talking to a stranger, but I just remember him saying, Okay, time to go. And that was that. I can't remember the rest of the day. Strangely enough, I started learning violin for strings class later that 5th grade year, but just picked it up again senior year. I recall this event randomly while practicing. Okay, so I was 23 at the time, and this happened last March during Easter Sunday. I live in Canada. And I am a native woman. Little backstory. I was in an accident and was rushed to the hospital two hours away from where I lived. I spent the day in the hospital and finally was discharged that evening. I couldn't find a ride home or family willing to pick me up. Plus I had no phone, nothing only in my wallet. Everything else was lost during the rollover. It was about 2am when I called a taxi. Yes, I know, stupid. My family always told me and warned me about co-op taxis. Those men are creepy, but 
I literally had no choice. I got picked up and the taxi man right away asked, Wanna come camp at my place? I can bring you home tomorrow. I told him I had to be home tonight. He then offered to buy me coffee right before we left the city. I noticed when he was ordering through the drive-thru, he took a while to give me my drink. Me being paranoid, I thought he might have slipped something in there. I held it during the whole ride, but didn't drink it. He was taking me through all these weird back roads I had never been before. I know the way back from the city, but he insisted that we were going the right way. As we were getting closer, he kept asking me weird questions. He asked, Can a man like me come date women out here? Will your men do anything? Am I allowed to be here? He was Muslim, but the one that scared me the most was when he asked, Do you want to come back to the city with me and be my wife? Let's go to your house and pack up all your clothes and you can come back with me. He also asked at the point, What if I never bring you back? What do you think would happen? Let me tell you, I've never prayed so hard to make it home alive in my entire life. I thought I was going to be another missing and murdered indigenous woman. Nobody knew I was coming home. Nobody bothered to try to pick me up and my house was empty when I got home. Sometimes I think, what would it even matter if I came home or not? I know I'm fortunate to have lived through the accident and being brought home, but it just hurts that no one was there to see if I was okay mentally or emotionally. I've told some people this story and they just told me it's my fault. Do it again. I just figured I'd write this here. Needed to get it out. So when I was a kid, my family was really close to the across the street neighbors. I was playing outside with a daughter when my parents told us that they were going to run to the store for a bit. We asked them if we could stay at my house as her parents were home right across the street. I had a cool Barbie dream house. My parents said yes and made sure to tell her parents to keep an eye out. Once we were inside, we were thrilled to have the house to ourselves, just like big kids. We made ourselves some lunch and watched cartoons for a bit. There was a sudden knock at the door and the fun begins. Because of the urgency of the knock, I hopped up and ran to the door thinking it was my parents who forgot something. After looking through the side window, I saw what looked to be my friend's brother. I flung the door open and there was a man who was not my friend's dorky six foot tall brother. The man looked jumpy and told me that he needed to come inside because he had just hit my parents car. I immediately panicked and asked him which one. He took a few steps back to look at the driveway and said, the red one, my mom's prized BMW. Now don't judge me too harshly. I was maybe 9 or 10 and someone told me that they ruined the car that my mom loved just as much if not more than us kids. I blurted out that my parents weren't home and he told me that he still needed me to come out to see the damages. Because obviously a 9 year old can access the damages to a 1990s convertible BMW. I looked back at my friend and while we chatted he reached out to open the screen door. It was locked but it was one of those shitty plastic ones that could easily have been yanked off with a little hard pull. It wasn't until then that my alarm bells went off. I told him I had to call my mom. He started to protest but I slammed the door shut and immediately called my friend's mom. Thankfully, she's a pretty intimidating lady and she marched over before we could even finish explaining what just happened. The man was obviously startled by someone getting there so quickly. 
When she demanded to know why he was at the door, he stammered something about selling magazines. Obviously, he didn't have anything with him, so she told him to get lost and she was calling the cops. It was at this point I looked out and noticed the car pull up and he quickly went to hop in. I think that's when we all came to the realization at the same time that someone had been in the car waiting for him at the top of the street. My friend's mom turned white as a ghost with recognition, then immediately red with anger. Let's just say we weren't allowed to be home alone for a long time after that. I was 14 at the time and stopped over that night at a friend's house. It was around 8pm and we decided to go out to buy some cookie mix, but since I left all my clothes at home I had to borrow my friend's fairly short summer dress. Since it was quite bitter outside, I wrapped my face around with my scarf, put as many socks on as I could find, and headed out. We only had a few bucks to spend, so we were in the shops rummaging for quite a while. That was when a nice older man asked if we wanted the rest of his change, and being the children we were, we obviously said yes and gladly took his money. But we couldn't find the mix we were looking for, so we decided to go to a shop that was more up the hill. We crossed the road and started making our way up the hill when this small blue car pulled up. It was the old man. He reached his hand out the window and said he found some more cash in his car. I remember thinking, wow, what a generous old man. So I took the money, thanked him, and continued walking up the hill. When we were around a quarter way up the hill, I saw the same blue car turn the bend and pull up in front of us. It was the same old man. He reaches his hand out and says, Oops, I forgot about these, and handed us a bunch of loose change. I started to panic a little, but regardless, I took the money, to be polite, and he drove off around the bend. I told my friends that I was starting to get a tad suspicious of the bloke, but since they were around a year younger than me, and both had autism, I don't think they really understand the severity of the situation. We carried on, walking although this time, I made sure that we walked a little bit faster. Not even a minute later, the blue car pulled around the bend and parked in front of us once again. This time he said, oh I found you a fiver. He yet again reached his arm out and waited for me to take it. I started to go into panic mode. I generally felt as if I or one of my friends was about to get very hurt. I had to think fast so I pulled down my scarf so I could talk to him better and said, thank you very much sir, and very quickly took his money and pulled the scarf back up. He mumbled to himself, so that's what you look like, which quickly was followed by, oh no, it's fine really. In a somewhat of a skittish, or I guess embarrassing manner, he rolled up his window and quickly drove off. I never saw him again after that. I know, probably not one of the creepiest, but it was scary for a 14 year old me. This was quite a while ago. I was about eight or nine years old and my dream was to be an archeologist. A friend of my mom's knew someone that was actual real life archeologist. Imagine my excitement. I was expecting one of those Indiana Jones types. Instead, she was a 20 year old postgraduate student that worked at my city's natural history museum. I met her at a gathering that my mom's friend threw and started talking to her about my interest in the field. I think she found my fascination with her area charming as she invited me over to the research section of the museum so I could look at things that weren't open for the public. 
It was a very cool experience, which I greatly enjoyed. The creepy part came after my visit was over. As a way to thank my new archaeologist friend for the tour, my mom offered her a ride to her house, which she accepted. At this point, it was maybe 8pm. I don't really remember, but at this point, it was already dark out. When we arrived at her house, we noticed that there was a person waiting in a car with all the lights off in front of her driveway. The archaeologist was kind of creeped out by this, especially since her roommate wasn't in town. So my mom told her not to worry and that we would wait until she entered her house before we left. She exited the car and went into her home without any incident. However, as soon as she closed her door, the parked car, still without lights on, drove off in a hurry with tires screeching and everything. Even though it might seem kind of uneventful, it still really creeps me out to think what would have happened if I hadn't been invited to the museum, if my mom hadn't offered her a ride home that day. This happened when I was around four. My mom and I were walking on a large sidewalk when I arrived at a crossroad where we had to wait to cross the street. At the street corner right behind me, the spot where we were waiting, there is this very big gray building. Since there were no glass walls, you wouldn't be able to see what was around the corner until you reached the end of the sidewalk to where my mom and I were. So out of nowhere, my mom turns around real quick and pulls my arm strongly. All I can remember is looking behind me to find a woman stretching out both of her arms in my direction with her hands positioned to grab me. My mom took me off the ground by her arm, slammed me against her chest and hugged me and started yelling at the woman, something along the lines of, What the fuck, are you insane? The woman likely saw us from a distance and decided to hide behind the building right on the edge. So once we passed by her, she could grab me. To this day, I wonder what the hell the woman would have done if she had managed to snatch me from my mom. This isn't that interesting, but I'm pretty sure I almost got kidnapped a few months ago. Every night, I walk my dog, a lab mix, around 4 to 7 p.m. because it's winter and it's been getting darker earlier lately. I usually have music blasting in my earbuds and keep my head down because of how cold and windy it is. But one day, I was walking my dog closer to 8-ish. I noticed a truck slowing to a stop next to me. At first, I didn't think anything of it because it was a stop sign, but the man driving parked and got out of his truck. I took out my earbuds as I walked by with my dog, who since he's young, is pretty excited around strangers. He started barking and straining against his prong collar, and the man, who started walking around the bed of his truck, got back in and drove off. I'm pretty sure if my wild, sweetheart dog wasn't there, the man would have tried to do something. Needless to say, I went home pretty quick after that. I'm a 32 year old male. I had to walk a mile from the bus station to get to my house as a kid. The road I lived on was a small gravel road so the bus didn't go down it as part of its route. It was in a very rural part of Pennsylvania in the 90s. I hated that walk especially when a storm was rolling in or something. I was walking down the road, which had no other houses on the whole road besides our house. Suddenly, a car stops next to me and asks me if I want to ride. I don't remember saying yes necessarily, but they managed to convince me to get in. 
It was a teeny car, and two men sat in the front, and three in the back. They told me that there was plenty of space, but I had to sit on one of the dude's laps. I remember like it was yesterday, that when they dropped me off, I can remember them all waving to me super happy, shouting out the car. Thanks. Thank you. I casually mentioned it later to my parents that night, and my father got furious and interrogated me on what happened and who they were, what they looked like, exactly what did they say, etc. I remember them asking me if I was my father's son. They knew his name, and that's how they made me feel like it was okay to get in the car. He repeatedly yelled at me that I'm never to go into anybody's car. I remember him being fixated and asking me about how and what they said when they thanked me. I remember him making some phone calls and rushing out for the majority of the night. What sticks out with me is, I remember the ride seeming way longer than it should have been. I remember having this feeling of dread, like I might never actually be back at my house again. I remember a sense of disbelief and relief when they actually dropped me off in front of my house. I grew up in a big house that was in the corner of a quiet street right in front of a five-star retirement home. On the other side of the street, in between the big beautiful houses, was a small, old house with wood covering all the windows. If you didn't live on my street, you'd probably think that no one lived in that sketchy house. Throughout the day, random cars would pull up into the back of the house where they couldn't be seen and I would see men walk out of the house. Sometimes the men would sit on the front porch and drink and smoke. Around 9.30 each night, the nurse and caregiver shifts would change at the retirement home. In front of my house, there was a bus stop where all the employees would wait for the bus or for their rides. It was approximately 10 p.m. on a warm night in June. I was in the basement and had the windows cracked open. I was at home with my mom and three sisters when I heard screaming from outside. My sisters heard it as well. We looked outside of the windows, but it was too dark to see anything clearly. We saw a woman running around the three cars in our driveway and assumed that someone was breaking into one of our cars, but she was being chased by two men. We got scared and ran inside to our mom. My sisters and I were young teens at the time and too scared to go outside. The screaming continued for a few minutes and I saw the man grab the woman and try pushing her into the trunk of their SUV. She was trying hard to fight and resist. At that exact moment, my dad was arriving home and noticed a black jeep with the trunk open blocking the street. Flashes lights and honked at them, not thinking anything was going on. The kidnappers must have thought someone had spotted what they were doing and immediately threw the woman on the ground, got into the jeep and drove off. My dad parked his car and found the woman on the ground. She was crying so much and she kept thanking my dad. As my dad connected the dots, he realized he stopped her from getting thrown into the vehicle. He looked around and saw a few men standing outside the sketchy house and realized that they were watching the whole kidnapping happen without interfering. He invited the woman into our home and she called the police. She was a 55 year old nurse and she told us that she waits outside of her house for her son to pick her up every night. When the police arrived, they took statements and gathered the kidnapper's fingerprints from the car since they were running around the car and touching them as they ran. My dad told the police that he suspected the men at the sketchy house could have potentially been involved, so the police walked over there to question them. 
bad idea. After the police left for the night, the men walked over to our house and said, You made a big mistake by saying something to the police. Since that day, anytime I went outside to play, they would be staring at me. And if I walked home from school, they began walking after me. They were so creepy and scary. Eventually, the cops busted the house for illegal activity. They drilled the door shut, and I never saw anyone in the house ever again. I did see the 55-year-old nurse sometimes as she got off work, and she always waves at us as she walks by. This story is not as eventful as others on here, but I thought it was a fitting post. This happened two years ago. It was a normal day on the weekend, and I happened to be home alone. I went about my business as usual on just chilling and watching some movies for the night. I was used to being home alone, so I wasn't afraid or anything like that. After all, I took precautions every time, and nothing remotely suspicious happened until then. At one point, I went on a walk as per usual during the midday. I usually have my headphones in, and at first, I didn't notice someone was following me. But in the corner of my eye, I caught a glimpse of what seemed to be a silhouette that was matching my footsteps. The person was walking alongside me on the other side of the pavement, synchronizing their movements with mine while watching me. I gathered the courage to face the person. It was an ordinary looking man, seemingly in his 40s. There was nothing odd, creepy, or unusual about him besides the look on his face, emotionless, stiff and haunting somehow. I could only bear to look at him for a few seconds as his glance felt really unsettling. I continued walking while turning off my music player in order to be more aware of my surroundings. I kept my headphones in though as I did not want to tip him off that something was wrong. I don't know why. Out of the blue he turned and started walking towards me. My heart was pounding but I didn't stop walking. He got close and said something to me. He asked me how my mother was doing. Even though a creepy sensation was taking over me at the bizarre question as I didn't know him. I took my headphones out to ask him to repeat it. He repeated the question and I said my mom was fine and asked him how come he knew her since I had never seen him before. He evaded the question and said he hopes that her and my grandparents solve their family issues which he couldn't have known anything about since my family keeps their business private especially from strangers or extended relatives and acquaintances. My stomach turned as I refused to respond and avoided eye contact with him. I couldn't make out his features very well since I was determined not to watch him straight in the face and walked faster, taking a different route back to my house. Very stupidly, I looked behind me once and saw him in the same spot, but now he was smiling and damn was it creepy. Every inch of my body told me to run, but I refrained, thinking he'd be excited by the challenge of chasing me down. I got home and sent my mom a message providing the guy's description as far as I could tell to see if she knew him. She didn't reply, but somehow I managed to calm down by the end of the day. I was watching some movies like I planned to, and by the time I went to bed, I almost forgot about the strange occurrence. That was until I was awakened by a knock at the door to my flat. I was sleeping in the living room, so I heard it right away. I checked my phone, 4 a.m. Who would be banging at the door at this time? An unsettling sensation crept up on me as I was gathering the courage to come look through the peephole. There was a knock again, 
I finally got up and pulled away the cover to my peephole. There was a strange man, his head very close to the peephole. I cannot describe what a grotesque sight that was. He could see me watching him and he smiled. I could make out his features better this time. He had piercing blue eyes, black greasy hair, and a hooked nose. The best words to describe his facial expressions are creepy and disturbing, and his large smile went up to his eyes that remained emotionless, and his teeth were really clean and white. He also seemed to be well-dressed. He didn't strike me as a homeless man at all. Me observing him took about two seconds, and he started waving at me while quietly giggling. That sound and the hand gestures pushed me over the edge. My heart sank and I instinctively pulled away from the door. I grabbed a knife from the kitchen as I didn't own a bat, pepper spray, or a taser. I was walking towards the furthest spot of the house from the entrance when I heard the most horrifying sound. He was trying the door repeatedly. I locked it, thank God. As I heard this, I called the police and explained the situation in a quiet voice. They said they would send someone. A good 20 minutes later, I was still holding the kitchen knife in anticipation without daring to look through the peephole again. I knew this guy was still standing at my door. I could hear him breathe. I did not flinch. When the sirens emerged in the distance, I let out a sigh of relief. When the police got there, the guy was nowhere to be found. I didn't hear him leave, but I was distracted by the sirens, so I could have missed it. The police questioned me, and I provided the man's description to them. They said that they would keep an eye out for him. I couldn't sleep after they left. In the morning, my mom responded to me that she knew no one who matched that description I offered her. I told her what happened, and offered a better description of the man. She still had no clue. Two years passed since this occurrence, and I don't exactly know what his intentions were, and what he knew about my family. I was paranoid for a while. The police didn't follow up. This happened about 10 or so years ago, and after reading all the posts here for a while, I figured it would fit right in. For background, I grew up on a rural 18-acre farm in the middle of nowhere with my sister and my mother. Occasionally at nights, my father would show up. Long story, but oftentimes, it was just the three of us. Our property was shaped like a big rectangle with our house on the very edge of the property with a dirt and limestone road in front of it and the rest of the property extending back behind us. We had some unfriendly neighbors across the dirt road from us and after that there were some mobile homes a few miles away to the right and left. My room was in the back of the house with a large window looking out to our fence backyards where the sheep were and there was another fence with a pasture for the goats and onwards to another pasture with a fence for our ponies. This is relevant because in order for anything to get into our backyard, you'd have to get past at least one fence. One night, I was playing with my action figures on my floor around bedtime when I heard a knocking noise coming from my window, and I always had my blinds shut at night because I was scared of the dark. I immediately panicked and ran into my mom's bedroom in front of the house and hysterically told her what happened. She came over to my window and popped open the blinds and looked around but there was no one except some sheep in the distance. Since we lived in a pretty woody area, my mother assured me that it was just an armadillo knocking against the wood of our house. This satisfied me at the moment and I went to bed shortly after. 
A few weeks went by, and occasionally I'd hear knocking on the window, which would freak me out a little, but since I was assured it was the armadillo, I would just go back to sleep. A few more weeks went by, and I hadn't heard anything for a while, until one night. It was very, very late. I was awoken by very loud knocking from what sounded like the glass on my window. This was weirder than normal, but still wasn't overly scary to me. Still, I decided this particular knocking needed investigating since it sounded much louder than the others. I hopped out of my bed and crept up to the window and popped the bottom blinds to see if I could finally spot the armadillo. What I saw still gives me shivers to this day. There was a pair of bare feet with dirty blue jeans and their waist was obscured by the rest of the blinds. Then to my mounting horror, the legs shifted and the torso leaned down as the person standing behind my window was attempting to look through the slots I had made in the blinds. I screamed as loud as I ever had and ran shrieking past my sister's room, through the living room, to the kitchen, and into my mother's bedroom. I sent all the dogs scrambling through the house barking and also woke my sister who ran crying to my mother's room. Luckily, my mom was up doing work on her laptop, and through the sobs, I explained what happened. To my mother's credit, she took me seriously and locked us all in the bathroom and called 911. We stood crouched in the bathtub with her for what seemed like hours as the cops tried to find where our house was through the twisting country roads. They eventually showed up, looked around the property, and found human footprints in the dirt outside my window, but nothing else. We ended up leaving for a while to stay at my grandma's house in town, but eventually went back home after a week. My mother ended up buying an axe, but that was all the protection we had since she was a major hippie and didn't believe in owning firearms. There's a few more instances with knocking, but each time, my mom would check and there was never a person there again, thank God. To this day, I always shut my blinds at night, and I never look past the blinds when it's dark. I'm in my early 20s and female. I posted here a few days ago and you guys really enjoyed my creepy encounter. So here's another. So like I had said in my last post, I moved here a couple years ago on my own. About 9 months after I moved in, someone started pounding on my door a little past 11.30pm. I was already in bed by this point and was awfully concerned about the person at my door. My upstairs neighbor's aquarium had broken the night before and flooded into my living room. Since I just had a fiasco with my neighbor late at night, I figured it was probably just her again and almost just opened the door without hesitation. Right before I was about to open up, I had a hard feeling wash over me. So instead, I meekly said, Hello? Through the door. I heard a man reply, saying, Hi, I'm a friend of David Jones. The second I heard him speak, my blood went cold. I had a terrible feeling about this. David Jones was the name of the previous tenant. He was very elderly and disabled. He was in a wheelchair and lived with a helper and passed away before I moved in. I looked through the people and he was wearing sunglasses. Again, it was almost midnight. He had a black face mask and a black hoodie with a hood up. I said, David doesn't live here anymore, I'm sorry. He pounds his fist on the door again and laughs saying, Oh yeah? Open the door and prove it. Like I said, David was in a wheelchair and needed a ramp for the door which was removed before I even moved in. 
With that in mind, you would think someone who feels comfortable enough with David to be knocking on his door in the middle of the night after almost a year of no communication would be able to evaluate the situation and see that there's no wheelchair modifications, apologize for the mix-up and be on the merry way. Well, this wasn't the case. He was still pounding on the door telling me to open up. I told him that David is not here, I'm not opening the door and that he needs to leave. He was standing outside my place for a few more minutes. I was scared and just standing frozen by the door. I saw him walk away. I was still by my door when I heard someone rustling around my back door, over by where my bedroom is. I was still frozen. I didn't want to believe that someone could actually be by my bedroom window. For clarification of the area by my window, it was attached to a common area yard for all the residents. It was directly off the sidewalk of a relatively busy area, so it isn't uncommon to have someone in the yard, but certainly uncommon to have someone directly up against your porch and windows. I heard something loud happen in my bedroom. I grabbed my pepper spray and cautiously approached the room. No one broke in, but something seemed really off. After a while of not seeing any person anywhere or hearing anything, I went back to bed. In the morning, I came out for a smoke and saw that my bedroom window screen had been ripped off. It was all bent, out of shape. Definitely didn't look like it randomly fell off. I knew exactly what happened. This guy had ripped off the screen and tried to get through my bedroom window. Thankfully, it was locked and I have window jammers. This obviously frightened me, but not much I could do at this point. A few weeks later, someone tried to open my front door in the middle of the day. No knocks, no nothing. I just hear my doorknob turn and clearly try to be opened. I shot up and ran to the peephole to see a man dressed in all black, hood up, with black sunglasses on. He tried the door a couple more times and pushed against it really hard. I was trying to think of something intimidating to say or something to get him to stop. My brain decided it was a great idea just to hit my door. It worked though, so hey. I slapped the back of my door really hard and the guy jumped up three feet and ran away. Now here's where I think it gets really bizarre. So I googled my address. Everything online for my current residence still lists David Jones as the active resident. I 100% think that this guy saw me, a young female all alone, and googled my address and was trying to get my trust into opening the door. I think after that didn't work, he was just trying to get in. Hence, the bedroom window. Him coming back a few weeks later is very weird in my opinion. You would either think that he would have moved on to another target, or he would have been more interested in getting in sooner. I definitely don't think that he knew David. I don't think he owed him money, or was family, or anything like that. So the timeline is bizarre, but maybe he already had other victims and just decided to try my place again. At any rate, his plan didn't work and he was gone. Literally months upon months go by. Someone knocks gently on my door around 9pm. I get up and look, and what do you know, an individual covered in black, head to toe, with sunglasses on. I didn't answer or make any noise. He slowly turns the handle and pushes on the door, then takes a few steps back and walks to my neighbor's door. I heard him try theirs. My neighbor is a middle-aged man living alone. The door didn't open and I see him walk up the stairs and can hear him trying yet another neighbor's door. This apartment has five people living in it, including a child. 
The door didn't open and he tried the remaining door that didn't currently have anyone in it. Failed again. Creepy. Alright. So that makes me think maybe he didn't single me out as a vulnerable female because he just seems to be trying to get in wherever he can. I do think it's rather strange that my cats hate him. I have never seen either of them hiss except for when this guy is at my door. They always are clearly very frightened and are ready to fight which is majorly unlike either of them. You honestly wouldn't even know that they have teeth or claws unless you are a cardboard box or a laser pointer. Back in early January, our clad lad is back. My brother, who is quite intimidating, was over for a visit. He heard someone try to open the door. He got up, opened the door to see this guy actively trying to open the middle-aged neighbor's door. The guy then ran away for his life. My brother wasn't aware of the ongoing issue and thought it was weird. Today, I was taking a nap around 2pm and I hear an aggressive knock on my door. It pauses for a few moments and then picks back up. While this was happening, I heard my upstairs neighbors quickly close their window. I was tired and figured that it was the same creep, so I didn't even bother looking. After a few minutes, I heard him knocking on my neighbor's door. After that failed, he went upstairs and knocked on the two doors up there for a bit. After a while, the knocking stopped and I heard the upstairs neighbors open their window back up. I couldn't sleep anymore, so I grabbed my smokes and headed outside. I could hear my neighbors through their open window. The little girl was asking her mom who that guy is and why he keeps doing this. I have reported this to my landlord. She is absolutely no help and basically tells me not to answer my door if I feel unsafe and call the police if it escalates. You would think that someone ripping my bedroom screen off would count as escalating, but I guess not. This guy has been bothering me for a little over a year now and apparently all my neighbors as well. It seems really weird for a criminal to do, just trying to break in at the same apartments over and over again at all hours of the night and day. I guess I just have no idea what he's after. Don't open your doors to strangers, no matter what time of the day it is. Something eerie I experienced as a teen I grew up with both my parents and my brother in a small ranch house within the suburbs off the highway. Things were always quiet and crime rarely ever happened. We were the only kids on our street and were surrounded by other houses with old couples. Due to this fact, I was comfortably left home alone quite often whenever the others wanted to go somewhere late. This story happened when my brother was old enough to drive and hang out with his friends on his own. One fateful night, my brother was out very late, and my parents went out on a date. I was playing Halo 3 all night. My 14-year-old self lived for these nights alone, gaming non-stop without interruption until my parents came home. It's worth noting that I had two large dogs at the time, and the living room had three huge windows which opened towards the street. I could see about half of the driveway from the couch where I was gaming. At around 11.30pm, I hear what sounds like a car door. I'm thinking it must be my neighbor since I didn't see a car pull into my driveway, but the dog said otherwise. They are freaking out as if my parents pulled in. I, thinking nothing of it, stayed where I was and yelled for them to stop. Our dogs were all well trained and waited patiently by the door. I see what looks like a silhouette or two past the windows, so I shut off the Xbox, now thinking that my parents came home a bit earlier. No biggie. I put my controller away and hear the doorknob jiggle. It's unlocked. 
I yell as I go to the kitchen to get myself a glass of milk. Again, no biggie. I can hear the doorknob jiggling once more. The dogs go back to barking. Weird, I could have sworn I left it unlocked. Hold on, I'm coming, I yell. I take a second to get my glass of milk prepared. Look, I was a teenager. I had selfish, dumb priorities. Looking back, I'm kind of glad I did. The extra minute may have spared me. I go back to the front door, and I see that it was actually locked. Huh, weird. I locked it and walked away. I unlocked it now, I say, and go back to the kitchen. The dogs basically have their nose against the door, trying to get to my parents. After about a minute, I'm generally confused. I go back and open the door. No one's there. I peek my head out and look down the sidewalk. I look on the other side of the yard. There's no car and no person. The road is clear. Who the heck jiggled my doorknob? Where is the car door I heard? Now I'm freaking out. I called my mom's cell and told her what happened. She said, We're on our way home. Call Mr. Jimmy and we'll be there soon. Mr. Jimmy was my next door neighbor who owns a 12 gauge. So I locked the house down as much as possible while calling Mr. Jimmy. He said he'll be right over. I'm looking outside, making an effort to look opposite of whatever he patrols, in case the perp ran from him. Absolutely no sign of anyone. Mr. Jimmy then comes inside and waits with me, saying that he didn't see or hear anything. Nothing like this happened since. Neighbors never reported break-ins or suspicious characters, as far as I know. My mother was 100% convinced that it was just late and I was delirious. Wouldn't be the first time that I slept walked or slept talked, but I've learned to know the difference. I believe I was fully conscious. Like I said, I lived a fairly normal and uneventful life. No crime or risk of life to speak of, except for this one thing. So I thought I'd share. I hope you got a kick out of my mildly creepy experience. I was minding my own business, playing video games at approximately 1am when I heard my dog barking at the entrance door downstairs. At first, I thought it was nothing. He always barks at my cat when they play together. He wouldn't stop though. After 10 minutes, I called my mom. She was upstairs too, and asked her to go check on the dog. She went downstairs, and after a few seconds she came back up and told me that she saw someone from the window next to the front door in our garden. My garden is surrounded by other buildings, so you can't access it if you don't have the key to the front gate. She took a flashlight and went outside to check. I don't understand why she did that. She saw a man on his knees. He was moving his hands through the grass as if he was looking for something. She tried to get his attention. Is, is everything alright? What are you doing on my property? He ignored her. She continued to search through the grass. He was mumbling something about some mushrooms. He was sad, almost crying. My mom got closer to him and he continued to mumble, this time looking at my mom, asking her about the mushrooms. She then went back inside and called the police. They took him away. He didn't react to them at all. He just ignored them. To this day, I don't understand how he got into my garden. What was he looking for and why? The police says he wasn't under the influence of drugs or alcohol, but that he probably suffered from mental illness. This happened to me when I was 16. 
I woke up one night to my dog losing her mind over something. I rolled over, thinking it was a critter of some sort. A possum or raccoon. That was enough to almost let it settle in. Until I heard her bark get aggressive. Her growls got deeper. I got up and looked out the window and saw a man standing in my yard. I couldn't breathe. He seemed to notice the blinds move as he whipped his head and torso to be facing the window. I froze. He took a step forward. Just one. Don't think he wanted to further risk my German Shepherd attacking him. He backed away into the yard, into the street, into the dark. Out of where my floodlights could see him. The creepiest thing? He never once stopped staring at my window. Not once. I don't know who he was or why he was there. But something tells me that if my dog hadn't waken me up, things could have gone bad. Okay guys, so I'm trying to fall asleep at my dad's and I'm listening to scary stories. I'm a fairly small guy and if it came down to it, I could not fight off a large man. So I'm listening to the scary stories when I hear three faint taps on the other side of the room at the window. I turn off the stories so I can listen. I hear nothing, but all of a sudden I can hear tapping two feet away from my face. The curtains are closed so I couldn't see them and they couldn't see me. I sat up and immediately hear them on the same window, but harder. Then I hear a raspy chuckle and receding footsteps, but I thought it was strange because I didn't hear them come up to the window. I'm still skeptical, so I peek out through the small slit in the curtains, and standing not even five inches away from my face is a man crouched with a long beard and a look of malice and hatred in his face, pressed up against the window, staring right back at me. When our eyes met, he stood up, he was at least 6'5", 250 pounds. He ran off into the field and he was holding something that glinted in the moonlight. It was a large hunting knife. So guys, if you live by the Gig Harbor in Washington State, lock your windows and close your curtains. I was in my room watching some videos on the internet and suddenly heard someone in my house singing out to their grandma. I walked out of my room and was greeted by a guy with a backpack on with a dazed look in his eyes. He looked to be my age, early 20s, and was asking me for his grandma. I have never seen this guy in my life or in my small neighborhood before, and I was sort of spooked. I told him to leave and that his grandma wasn't here and she might be at the next door down. He proceeds to leave my house and continue to walk past the houses on the streets, and I never saw him again. Just wanted to share this wild experience. We live in a more rural area in northeast New York. It gets very dark where I live. There's an alleyway between our house and our garage. At the back of our garage is a large chicken coop. As we were getting out of the car to go into the house, my daughter started towards the house to go inside and suddenly came running back, looking terrified. I said, what's the matter? She said, there's a man in the alleyway. I looked down the alleyway and saw no one. I hurried the kids back into the house and locked the doors. We have a large screen porch off the side door. I went out on the screen porch to look through the windows to see if I could see anyone, but it was pitch black out there. I yelled to my daughter, very loudly so whoever was out there could hear me. Bring me the gun and my phone. 
I called the police and asked them to come out quietly with their lights off and check out my property. When they got there, they checked the entire outside of my property but didn't find anyone. But as they were ready to leave, I heard one of the cops say to the other, I saw a man walking down the road on my way here. I don't know who the man was who was hiding behind the chicken coop or what his intentions were, but I'm glad I never found out. So it was a Friday night. Earlier that day, my parents had left for an important business meeting early Saturday morning. And the city that they were meeting in happened to be a long ways away. So they left early so they could get to the city around 6 p.m. and stay at a hotel. So I was left at home to watch my two little brothers and one little sister. I was 15 at the time and this was 2017. So that night, I was watching Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone because my siblings really liked the Harry Potter films when all of a sudden we heard banging on our back door. I got up to see and I saw a man at the back door and two men at the kitchen window. They were all wearing black hoodies. I turned off all the lights and told my siblings to get upstairs. At this time, my brothers were eight and six and my little sister was four. Anyways, I turned off the living room light and we started to head upstairs. As we were doing that, another man approached the front door and started banging on it. We went upstairs and hid in the wardrobe. We heard the men come upstairs and I heard one of them say, We just want to kill you, so there ain't no point in hiding. My siblings were starting to sob. We heard two men go into my parents' bedroom and then I decided to escape. I lived in the house my whole life up to that point, so I knew where the creaky parts of the floors were and told my siblings where to avoid. We made our way downstairs and I unlocked the door. However, I accidentally swung it open and hit the wall. I turned around and saw one of the men at the top of the stairs looking at us. He pointed at us and started screaming, but not like a scared scream, more like an alert scream. I ran out with my siblings and as we got out, I heard the man screaming turn into a high-pitched psychotic laugh. We started running to our neighbor's house, which was a good distance away, and when we looked back, the four men were chasing us. Luckily, we got to our neighbor's and called the police. We waited for the police to arrive and went back to the house. The four men were nowhere to be found, and there was nothing else to report apart from two broken door windows. So a little explaining. To get to my apartment, you have to go to the back of this house, to a second door, up some stairs, onto a little deck, and up a flight of stairs. I think it's called a loft apartment. Anyway, I was 18 and hanging out with people I probably shouldn't have, and my boyfriend. One of my friends was a small town dealer. We'll call him Ray. Now Ray would run to cars from my house to do some small deals, but nobody ever came to my door or into my place. Stupid regardless, I know. One night, I was leaving work. My boyfriend, Ray, and another friend were staying at my apartment, playing Halo or something. As I'm walking down the stairs to get out the door, locking it as I left, I turn around and was startled by a man in my backyard, staring at me. He couldn't have been more than 30 and looked totally normal. Who are you? I'm here for Ray. Oh, let me go get him. Now I think maybe this guy doesn't understand the stay in your car memo and I'm trying to calmly open my door and fiddle with my keys oblivious to the fact that this man is now coming up the deck behind me until one of the boards squeaked. 
I turned around to look at him and he has this most blood chilling smile like he was forcing his mouth as far as he could just to show every tooth. His eyes were wider than I think any human's eyes could go. Imagine gritting your teeth and peeling your lips back like a dog does and stretching your mouth as far as it can go. His eyes looked like he had no eyelids with how wide he was making them. He makes it up that last step and is now a foot from me with the same unholy facial expression like it's froze to his face and I lost it. I began screaming and pounding on the door so my boyfriend could hear me. I didn't even turn to look at this guy again out of fear that he would eat my face off and by the time my boyfriend came downstairs I threw myself inside and the guy was nowhere to be seen. We go upstairs and I look out the front window facing towards the street and the guy is calmly walking down the road. Ray is looking with us and I ask him if he ever seen him before or knows him and he says absolutely not. When the guy reaches the corner of the street he crosses to the other corner and looks directly out the window. I can see his face spread into a horrifying smile and he takes off running down the other side of the block. Ray stayed that night and none of us slept. I've never seen that man again and neither has Ray. Now this guy could have been a total crackhead and I've had my run-ins with people like that before. But this man looked totally normal when he was standing in my yard. But when I turned around, that smile, I won't ever forget that. This is going to sound bizarre and made up. But I swore on my left nipple that this happened and there's several witnesses. Even if I can't explain why someone would do this, I'm fairly positive that this isn't anything paranormal. I live quite a distance off the road in an unremarkable house on private property. My neighbors are all older family members who go to bed extremely early and whose children are already grown and out of the house. In summary, there's no mischief makers to play pranks on us here. A few months ago, my mother and I stayed up late one evening, watching television together. Around 3 a.m., I turned the television off and decided to go to bed. As I was leaving the room, I began to hear what sounded like carnival music playing outside of my house in the front yard. It was loud and close. My mother heard it too and immediately went to the window to investigate. She couldn't see anything but darkness. Everyone else was either asleep for the night or away on vacation. The lights were off in all the houses and none of them would be caught dead listening to anything but country music anyways. We were miles away from the nearest city so this wasn't a product of noise pollution. You can hear when a car pulled up into the yard but there was no sound of a car. The silence where I live is usually deafening. All you can hear is the ringing in your ears. Where did this song come from? Who was playing it and why? I was very unsettled by the idea of a stranger in a yard playing carnival music as this would suggest malicious intent. My father and uncle later mentioned that 20 years ago when my parents first moved in, the electrician had came in to install a ceiling light and stopped in the middle of his work saying that he could hear Pink Floyd playing in the front yard. Neither my father nor uncle could hear it. So they laughed it off and thought that the man was insane, but the electrician was freaking out. He kept opening the door trying to find the source of the noise to no avail. Then it hit me. The song I heard that night was Pink Floyd's Serious Minor, the part that sounds like carnival music. 
I played the song for my mother and she began freaking out, saying, Yes, yes, that's what I heard. Who the hell is sitting in my yard at 3am in the middle of nowhere playing the same song, which isn't even a popular song, 20 years later with no car? Where did they come from? They would have had to walk several miles to get here. Aside from this, the only other strange experience that would suggest an intruder, we'd hear knocking on the living room window late at night at the same hour, sometimes so intense that the wall of the house would rattle and send the couch into a reclining position. There were no nearby trees that could tap the glass and no animals except for a human that could possibly reach it. Fortunately, this has stopped over the last few weeks. This happened about three years ago, after a major breakup, and during the time I lived pretty much in a rundown apartment building in a downtown city. Its residents were primarily students and low income assistants, and security was pretty lacking. I had been at the mall just Christmas shopping when two young Korean women approached me about the Bible and asked for my number to schedule a time to meet and discuss it. They were really kind, so I felt bad, so I gave it to them, without the actual goal of ever meeting them again. They promptly checked that I had sent them the right one by texting me on the spot, and then they said goodbye. I didn't think anything of it for the next couple days. It was around 7pm a few days later, and I had been napping on the couch after a long day at work. I woke up to a sudden knock on my door, but I wasn't expecting anyone that evening. I didn't have a peephole either so I had the choice of ignoring it or just blindly opening the door. I chose the latter, and a young Korean woman, nicely and modestly dressed, was at my door. I peeked down the hallway, my gut feeling a bit off, and I saw a line of similarly dressed young adults, all holding weird pamphlets knocking at the doors in my hallway. She asked me if I was interested in learning more about the Bible. I quickly thanked her for her time, told her that I wasn't interested and closed the door. I'm not sure if the two incidents are related, but it was really freaky, and I blocked the number that the woman used to text me. Longtime lurker and reader, and finally decided to share my own creepy encounter. From late 2018, I worked at the grocery store in the deli department, and I would also work in the bakery area. Towards the end of the year, I had just gotten out of a two-year relationship. It hit me pretty hard so I was in a funk because of it. We had just hired a new employee in the deli. We'll call him John. I was scheduled on his first day, so I was one of the employees who had to train him. John seemed nice enough, and he caught on very quickly, which was great. Fast forward to our next shift. I was pretty close with another coworker. We'll call her Jane. Jane knew what had been going on with my breakup and would come check on me often. John overheard this interaction. He came up to me on break and apologized for what was going on and was generally being sweet about the whole thing. I appreciated it, so I thanked him. I didn't think at this point that he was trying to be weird, but if I knew what I know now, I wouldn't have entertained it in the slightest. After our next shift together, it was raining pretty heavily. A rainy day in mid-November where I live is typically pretty cold. At the time, John didn't have a car, but he was within walking distance, about 10 minutes away from work. Side note, my fatal flaw back then was that I was way too nice to people. 
I offered to give him a ride home since it was pouring rain and freezing. The ride home was fine. He thanked me and told me that he would see me tomorrow. This is where shit starts to hit the fan. John began flirting with me, making sexual jokes, and would do that thing where he would grab my hips and rub his junk against me to get past, often in front of customers. He also got my number from my boss, and his claiming for needing it was, she's the only one that can cover my shift on this certain day. He would text me constantly and proclaim his love for me and tell me that he would treat me better than my ex did. We would usually have three people work in the deli and on shifts with John when our third would go on break, he would take that as an opportunity to harass me more. At the time, I was very soft-spoken and scared out of my mind to speak up about it or stand up for myself. I ended up putting in my two weeks, but not before sending a text along the lines of, Fuck you. You're gross. Lose my number and never talk to me again. He texted me back apologizing and inviting me over as he wanted to talk to me face to face to make up for it. As I said, my fatal flaw back then was that I was way too nice to people. In my head, I thought I must have gotten through to him. I mentioned it to my friend, who we'll call Eve. Eve was very adamant that I tell him no and to leave me alone. Unfortunately, I chose not to listen to her advice. Instead, I told him that I appreciated the apology and that I would come to talk to him. But I was going to bring Eve with me as I didn't trust being alone with him at his house. He agreed. Eve was very reluctant, but insisted I bring her along if I absolutely had to go, just in case. We drove to John's house, and when we arrived, he didn't come out. I remember texting him a few question marks. And after having no reply, I turned around and left. He then texted me apologizing, saying to come back and talk to him in his car. Against Eve's judgment, I turned around. I pulled back into the driveway and got an instant feeling of dread. Something absolutely did not feel right. I threw the car in reverse, but before I had a chance to move, his dad and two brothers hopped out of the car and surrounded me. They began pounding on my windows, trying to get me to open the doors and stood behind my car so I couldn't leave. Eve and I are obviously scared out of our minds at this point. I got a surge of adrenaline and didn't care who was behind me. I floated out of the driveway and sped off. Nobody was hit. I pulled into the parking lot of my work to collect myself and pulled my phone out to block his number. I then noticed a car speeding to the parking lot of my work and they tried to surround me again I don't know how I managed to get us out of there, but I did. I then began getting calls from random numbers, I assume his dad and brothers, and they began threatening to kill me and saying that they were armed and planned on shooting my tires. They followed us for quite some time and Eve even called the police. We were instructed to pull into the nearby gas station where an officer was already waiting. I did make a report, but they told me that Ultimately, there's nothing that they could really do or that could be done. I did end up reporting this to my manager, who told me that they couldn't really do anything either, as it happened off company property, which is only half true. I didn't stay my full final two weeks. John continued to harass me for months after this, and law enforcement refused to help. Their excuse was, there's nothing that they could do unless he acted on his threats. Whenever I would visit the area, he would somehow always find me and follow me till I would get on the highway. 
I admit that it's mostly my fault for being so trusting and thinking that John actually wanted to speak with me and be civil. I should have listened to Eve from the get-go. It isn't my fault for being sexually harassed, but I shouldn't have been so trusting because I could have avoided a majority of this problem. It's been nearly two years since this happened and I have not heard from nor seen John since. I hope it stays that way. This is a story of a coworker I had a long time ago, so I can look back at it now and laugh, but at the time, it was really distressing for me. To give some context, every summer I would do some temp work for this company where my dad worked. It was an education company, so they needed some temp workers around July and August for all of the exam remarks that they had to come in. It was data entry work, but it suited me fine, and it meant I could have a little extra cash while I was at university. I did this every summer from when I was 19 right through to when I was 23, and then I got another job at the same company a bit after I graduated, but we'll get into that later. For now, all you need to know that I was a reasonably familiar face there, and everyone knew I was my dad's daughter. The main downside of working there was I'd clock out for work at 5pm, then I'd have to wait for my dad to finish work. Since he was the head of the entire department, he'd end up staying a bit later. Every day I would bring a book and sit at the little foyer area between his department and the department where I worked, since it had the most comfortable chairs. I'd just cut my hair short for the first time in my life and I had dyed it red as well. As I was sitting on the couches reading, all of a sudden a guy approaches me. Let's call him Leon. He tells me that he works in my dad's apartment and thought that he would come in and introduce himself. This was a pretty common occurrence for me and I was aware of this guy. He was young and decent looking, so a few women in the department had a crush on him. I was dating someone at the time though and never really actually seen him in person, but I could see what they saw in him. We got to chatting and he mentioned that I changed my hair, so I told him about cutting it short and he cut me off mid-sentence. This is where it started getting weird. He said, no, first it was brown and you didn't have fringe, then you went through the phase of curling it, then you did the fringe and dyed it red. After that you dyed it purple, now you have it cut short and dyed back to red. This guy I had just met was describing two years worth of hairstyle changes that I had I felt creeped out, but he seemed like a nice enough guy and I guess he had worked at the company throughout the entire time, so it was reasonable to assume that he had noticed me before. This should have been my first red flag. He asked me if I had Facebook and I told him that I did, so he said he would add me. That seemed pretty normal, but then, after he sent me the friend request, he asked me to get my phone out so he could watch me accept the friend request. I'm British and therefore it's impossible for me to be impolite. So I got out my phone and showed him that I had accepted it. I thought that might calm him down. Bear in mind, he wasn't a bad looking guy. So I still felt flattered at this point that he was keen to me. The sense of flattery dissolved real fast. After the Facebook thing, he kept asking me if I had MSN and I told him that I didn't. I swear, throughout this conversation, he asked me if I had MSN about four times then the final time he asked, he was like, please can you get an MSN so we can chat after work? It was like he had something really urgent he wanted to tell me, but I had only just met him in person. 
I kind of laughed it off and told him that I hadn't used MSN since I was a teenager without necessarily rejecting him. Then he says something like, well, if you don't have MSN, then do you have Skype? This seemed like the perfect opportunity to bring up my boyfriend, who was a foreign student and was back home in his country during the summer. He was the only person I spoke to on Skype. I said to Leon how I didn't have my own Skype account, but I used my dad's account to talk to my boyfriend. I really thought this might ward him off. I was wrong. Without missing a beat, he said, Can you please just get your own Skype account so we can chat after work? He said it like somehow I was inconveniencing him. Like this was something we agreed to do months ago or something. I had no idea how to react, so I just sort of smiled and laughed. Then, thank the heavens, someone from my dad's department walked past at that moment and was like, Leon, aren't you meant to be at your desk? He scurried off pretty quickly after that, but not before reminding me to get my own Skype account and send him the details. I told my dad about the whole exchange, the car ride home, but all he said was that Leon was very friendly and a lot of the women in the department liked him, so maybe I just misunderstood the situation. I thought he was probably right, so I tried to not let it bother me. Later that evening, however, I was on the computer doing university work when a message popped up on my Facebook. It was Leon. All the message said was, We like the same movies. I don't know what it was, but something about that message freaked me out so much. I decided not to respond and log off Facebook, hoping that he wouldn't notice that I'd been online. The next day, after work, I sat in my usual spot when Leon comes over to me. His face was like thunder. At first, I thought he was just having a bad day and was walking through the hallway. But my heart dropped when I realized he was walking directly towards me. Why didn't you respond to my Facebook message? I was stunned. How was I supposed to respond to that? Who says stuff like that in real life? Lucky for me, I didn't have an opportunity to respond because he started off on a tirade. I'm not even kidding. He started listing all the movies that we had in common that he had seen on my Facebook profile. Batman, The Dark Knight, Watchmen, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, Fight Club. I just sat there watching him reel off all these film titles. Once he finished, all he said was, It's okay, I forgive you. And then walked back off to his department. Over the next couple weeks, he came and found me in my spot every day and talked to me from the moment I sat down to the moment my dad came to get me. I don't remember many of the other exchanges, but I do remember distinctly one day pretending to pick my nose when I saw him coming to see if it would put him off. It didn't. It got to the point where I'd get so stressed out after work that I'd go hide in the toilets for as long as I could. But the women I worked with started to notice and thought I was weird. Eventually, I broached the subject with my dad and he gave me his car keys after my shift so that I could go hide out in his car rather than in the building. So I camped out in his car and I'm still feeling quite tense but after 20 minutes, I start to feel at ease. Surely, he wouldn't come looking for me out here. Wrong. I look over at the main entrance and my heart drops. He's coming to the front door and he's scrutinizing all of the cars. I sank down as far as possible into my seat, but I wasn't fast enough and he saw me. He comes rushing off and starts tapping on the glass, so I open the door and ask him what's up. 
I didn't see you in your usual spot, but luckily the doorman told me he saw you come out here. Why are you in your dad's car? Again, what are you supposed to say to that? I told him that I had a headache, so I came out to the car to take some meds and to see if I could get some sleep. At least he respected that, because he told me to feel better, and then left me alone. I breathed a sigh of relief, knowing that I was only going to be working there for a few more days before I would go back to university. I told my dad about the car incident, and he gave Leon a talking to the next day. Leon would still come find me in the foyer, but he would only talk to me a few minutes in passing before he would leave me alone. It was a big relief. On my last day of working there, I was fully expecting him to do something crazy, but he didn't even come to chat with me that day. I left the office and thought I would never see him again. I found out that he was fired not long after I left the company that year because he kept coming into work late and spent most of his time chatting with his co-workers and me apparently. Fast forward to January 2014 and I'm preparing to move to China for a position teaching English. I had graduated from university and was working at the same company, but this time in a semi-permanent capacity. It was my last day of work, so I received a few gifts and some fuss from my coworkers. It was about 10 a.m. when who should I see walk through the door but Leon. He had been hired as a temp to do the job that I had done for so many years. As soon as he walked through the door, he saw me and this flash of recognition crossed his face. I wanted to slide under my desk and die. He comes walking over to me and was all smiles, asking about how I was and what I was still doing with the company. At this point, one of my co-workers had mentioned about how I was off to China soon. Leon seized on that and started talking about his friend who was also interested in teaching English as a foreign language. So I got to talking about how I got my qualifications, who I went through, and what company I was working for out in China. We chatted for about 20 minutes and he wrote some details for his friend, then went off to work. At the end of the day, I was picking up all my stuff, ready to leave, and a few co-workers were coming over to say their goodbyes. Don't get me wrong, the Leon incident aside, I had a wonderful time working at this company, and I made a lot of great friends. Out of the corner of my eye, I see Leon approaching, but I think, what's the harm? He'll say his goodbye and wish me good luck on my new adventure. Then, I'm literally walking out the door of the department, and I hear him call out, See you in China. For the first two weeks of my teaching training over there, I was like a hawk, keeping a constant lookout for this guy. He never did follow me out to China, but it still remains one of the creepiest encounters of my life. The year was 1994 and I was a freshman in high school. My family had just relocated to Michigan and we moved onto a private golf course in a small town outside of Detroit. For some reason, I really wanted to get a job and the restaurant in the neighborhood clubhouse was hiring a dishwasher. Since it was a stone's throw away from my house, my parents okayed me to be able to work there in the late evenings after school. A little bit about the teenage me, I was a super sensitive kid and my feelings were easily hurt if I was talked down to. I was also a rule follower and extremely submissive to authority figures, which apparently made me an easy kid to raise according to my parents. Anyway, given that this was my first job, while having no confidence and paper-thin skin, 
I was destined to not last very long under the high pressure of the restaurant industry. I was doomed to fail, but I still went for it. Sure enough, the chaotic pace of working in a high-end kitchen quickly overwhelmed me and I found myself having a hard time keeping up. On top of that, my boss was an absolute tyrant. I basically felt horribly crushed as he screamed at me to keep up during the dinner rush. I was as much of a mess on the inside as the mess I was trying to clean up. But the worst part about it was after the restaurant would close, I'd have to stay for an hour or so alone with him to close up. No one was around, just him and me. During this time, he would continue to yell at me and at best roll his eyes if I needed help. Even as sensitive as I was, I kind of knew his rage wasn't a personal thing though. He was just a disturbed individual. One night that I had off, I caught an episode of the TV show America's Most Wanted. I don't know if it's still on, but they would basically do segments of criminals that were on the run from the FBI. Sometimes they would have real photos of the fugitive, but other times there would just be a police sketch. During one of these segments, a sketch came up of a subject that eerily looked similar to my boss. They said that he had murdered several victims on the west coast and that he was last seen a while back. They also identified him with a different name, which kind of put me at ease for a moment. But the drawing looked a lot like him and the description of his height, weight, and other attributes fit him to a T. I convinced myself maybe it was just a look-alike, but I had that weird twisting and turning in my gut that maybe it was actually him. I was about to quit my job anyway, so it didn't really matter I guess. The next day I went into work and he was a no-show. He ended up leaving town and no one ever heard from him again. He vanished like a David Copperfield magic trick, another 90s reference. We didn't have internet at the time, so there wasn't an opportunity to immediately jump on social media to investigate. I don't remember reading anything in the newspaper, but the rumors of his disappearance definitely went around town. Unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, I also don't remember anything else about him. I can't recall his name or even his face, just the creepy experience. Who knows if it was actually him or not. But to think I may have been alone with the angry murderer as a teenager is a tad bit uneasy to say the least. Before I begin, this guy has been fired and this story took place months and months ago. Alright, so I was hired to work at this auto shop as a front desk receptionist. My guy friend had worked there and had gotten me the job. I'd check customers in, check them out, answer phones, enter invoices, blah blah blah. Now at the time that I got hired, I was freshly 15. I do in fact act mature for my age, but I was still technically a child. I was also the only girl working there. Now my two managers, let's call Peter and Alvin. Peter was the main boss and had a dry sense of humor, but he was cool to be around. Alvin was more openly humorous, and he was just very pleasant in general. And then there was this third guy. I'll call him Chester because I hate that name. He was 40, with a girlfriend, as well as a 13-year-old daughter. He was very exuberant, very loud. He was quite funny. He was a dumbass too, but this isn't the right sub for that. It started off decent. He would tease me like a boy on the playground 
pull my hair, poke me, etc. Now, I laid my rules down when I first worked there. I hate being touched. That's that. Now, Chester would get as close to me as humanly possible and say, I'm not touching you. It was annoying, but I just laughed it off, although I felt uncomfortable. Then he started with the sexual jokes. When we were alone up front, he would go into talking about his sex life and pop a bunch of sexual jokes. My brain was automatically like, this ain't right, and I kind of just put on my customer service voice whenever I was around him. Then one day, I baked the whole garage cookies. When I dropped them off, he came really close to me and sniffed me. You smell good, and your hair looks nice this way. What the fuck? Nah, nope, don't like that. When I went back to work, he was going on and on about the cookies I made. He said, I know cookies is another term for something inappropriate, but I really like your cookies. Why even add that? And now my breaking point. He had started brushing his fingers against my leg while I'm sitting down, or just trying to flirt with me in general. When I came into work one day, he grabbed me into a hug, and my mind blinked. He grabbed me. Like, grabbed me into a hug so I couldn't escape. I pushed him back away from me. Alvin had ran to the corner and had seen what happened, and he looked a little uneasy. I went around the other side of the counter, away from Chester, and I said, I don't like being touched, dude. Don't hug me. And he said, well, touch is how I show my affection. So not only did he ignore my attempt to tell him to stop, he also admitted to literally giving affection to a 15-year-old. I later heard from a friend that works at the garage that Chester talked about the way I looked a lot and how I looked older than I am, but he doesn't want to start anything because his daughter was two years younger. Start what, bitch? Chester was ugly as hell, by the way. So Alvin had seen him grab me. The dudes in the garage heard him talk about me, and I knew this dude was creepy as hell. A guy in the garage, let's call him Steve, pulled Alvin aside and told him that he was worried for me. He told him that Chester had been saying how he likes to be flirting with me. Before this point, Alvin had just thought that he was being overprotective because he has daughters himself, and maybe he was just having a father instinct. When Steve told him that, it basically confirmed his suspicions. Chester was gross. I ended up speaking to Alvin near the end of the day asking to stay after to talk to him about something. We stayed after and I opened up to him about everything that Chester had been doing. Alvin said that what I do is more important than the work that he does. Felt nice that my bosses cared for me like a human and not just an employee. Peter, my boss, texted me to tell me that everything would be okay and that he would be handled. I ended up meeting Peter's dad, who was the big boss, to tell him everything was very much, we've known Chester for a long time, etc. But Big Boss is a good man. He trusted my word more. I told him everything. He even had a camera recording of Chester grabbing me. Chester was fired. The most traumatic thing to me was how Chester talked about me in the garage, like some kind of sex object. It was disgusting and then going back to the fact that he was 40 and that I was only two years older than his daughter. Shit's disgusting. I'm sure that if I wasn't such a confident person, he would have taken advantage of me. He was very much acting like a predator, and I'm very glad that he's no longer a part of the establishment. Guys, teach your daughters to speak the hell up when people make her uncomfortable. 
Even the little things, like weird jokes, can turn into something bigger. That's how it is for young women nowadays. Anyways, enforce your boundaries and never let a guy get away with being a creep. Edit. As another thing I'm adding here is that he was very friendly. He was the type of guy that made customers blush and would make parents feel comfortable with a smooth talk. Child grooming isn't always straight up sexual advances right away. They try to get you to trust them, to be their friend, and then they force you into things. Be careful ladies and men, and all in between.